Hey, it's Teresa. Just wanted to pop in here and let you know that Biz had her baby. Ellis Gustav Lawrence arrived on November 30th, and he and Biz are doing great. The episode you're about to hear was recorded a few weeks ago, and we'll have one more episode coming out later this month. Then we'll be back to our usual weekly schedule in January. Happy holidays! This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a preschooler. And I'm Teresa, a working mom with a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. We all need a place to vent, so don't listen with your kids because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about social media and parenting and speak with guest Kelly Hampton of Enjoying the Small Things. Woo! We sound so great. (laughs) We do sound great. We sound great. Uh, I'm sitting on a birth ball, and I just decided that I'm going to annoy you this whole session just gonna slowly rotate by like rocking ball. around and just. Well, that's great. Doing I'm going to be really... standing in about five minutes, so because sitting <laughs> is unbearable. Um, so, uh, just a reminder: we're pre-recording our shows, uh, so this is technically past Biz and Teresa. <laughs> Speaking to future Biz and Teresa. Yeah. Who both probably who have both babies right have now. have babies and don't give a shit about past yeah. Teresa and Who Biz. don't know anything. They don't know. We don't know. They don't know anything yeah. yet. They don't know anything. So future Biz and Teresa, if you're listening. Good job. You're doing a great job. I Everybody hope. else, I hope you're keeping track of the weird timeline thing. Like, because for for us, this is just happening every week. For you guys, we've been pregnant an extra three months. Yeah, <laughs> I've been moving indefinitely. Um, you know, so yeah. um, so yeah. you're probably ready. Welcome. You're probably yeah. You're welcome. You're probably <laughs> starting to feel pretty ready for us to have these fucking babies and just. Shut the fuck up. We posted a picture of ourselves online that many of you guys saw of us pregnant in the tiny fucking period hut that is our our sound booth, as Mm -hmm. we like to affectionately call it. And uh, we just lost 100 listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, they... um, and that had been taken two weeks before I posted it. Yeah. And because we've been talking about this fucking pregnancy for so long, I feel a little like we, we did look pretty good. For like where oh. we are, yeah, because we had a lot of people who are like, "You look great." Well, uh, they're gonna say we look great because we told everyone that that's the only thing they can say to us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> they don't actually think we look great. They're just being nice. <laughs> yes, uh, that's that is true. Uh, I can tell you right now, I do not look great today. Uh, yes, but you Teresa, do. who was Shut on up. Eminent, you look awesome. Uh, thanks, because that's what I was going. You've for. looked awesome this entire pregnancy. I'm already hot. Okay, <laughs> taking my sweater off. Not what I wanted to talk about at the start of the show. Okay, here's what I want to talk. No one wants to hear this no one from wants us to hear anymore. This Sorry. We've become those women. I know. Ugh, it's really sorry. it's really difficult. So last night, so that I, what I really wanted to talk about uh, was last night, like 11 at night. Or no, it was early. It was like 10 o'clock at night, 10.30. I was just about to go to sleep, and I hear Katie Bell, like, crying, like, from the kitchen. Like, usually if she wakes up in the middle of the night and is having a nightmare or wants help with something, she calls from her bedroom. Mm-hmm. But this is like a walking cry. Like, mm-hmm. a, it's like in the room. So I'm like, Steph and I are up. Right. She doesn't usually get up. She out doesn't of bed, usually get right? up. She Without, usually, yeah. you come, get, you know, what yeah. is it? I've dropped Kitty or, you know, I need to go to the potty or like whatever. And you mm-hmm. go with her. So for her to be up walking was really odd and crying. So we rush out. 
she's like just standing there kind of crying. She looks totally like out of it. She may have even been sleepwalking. I start to hug her, mm-hmm. and that's when I feel she like she says simultaneously as this is happening, I have to potty. Oh. And she just starts peeing. Oh. Which of course is peeing on me and peeing on the floor. Like it's just peeing like ever and I'm like, you know, immediately it's like it's okay. Don't worry about it. You're you know, you're fine. Because I can't tell if she's asleep. You know what I mean? Because she kind of does this like half in, half out, like right. sleepwalking thing where she's awake, but she's not really conscious of what's happening. Yeah. So, well, you know. either way, the response is sort of the same. Yeah, either way, the response you're, you're is like, the it's same. Like middle of the night. We're you're just okay. To, you're fine. Go right, ahead. Yeah. Pee right here. You're fine. Just uh-huh. go ahead and do it. Don't worry about it. All right. We're going to slowly walk into the bathroom. We're going to slowly take off the pajamas and, you know, yeah. get, your, get ourselves cleaned up. Yeah. Um, you know, Kitty falls in the pit, but you know what? Kitty's going back in that bed. Okay. You know, you just yeah. wipe off Kitty just like you would otherwise. Not going to keep her from Kitty. Mm-hmm. Clearly traumatic things are happening for this child. <laughs> you know, get her back into the bed. We get everything back in place. Calm down. She goes to sleep. And I get back to my bed, and this is <laughs> the line of thought that I have. Okay, the first one is, there, it goes two directions. One is, I... I don't. I don't give two shits about being peed on. Yeah, pee is period. Like water basically. Stephen <laughs> said, "I'd rather be peed on than somebody spray champagne all over me." <laughs> totally. I was like, "I was like, that is absolutely correct." Totally. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. Totally. The second thing is, I pee like just doesn't smell. It's like warm. It's like who gives a shit? I know. <laughs> two, two. But all I can think about is like how scared and upset she was, yeah. and like. My baby, yeah, and how I don't ever want her to have to suffer anything by herself ever, oh. ever. And then I start thinking. I turn to Stefan and I say, "This is a horrible idea. Why did we have children? I know this is such a bad idea because I am not going to be able to be there for her. I know all the time." And bad things are going to happen to her. I know. To what degree, I don't know. But, like, still, bad things are going to happen, and she is going to call out for me, and I am not going to be there to hear her calling for me. Uh And that makes me lose my mind. So this is separate from, like, the world is out to get my daughter, and right. somebody's always coming to kidnap her, and I can never let her go out on the front porch by herself. And blah, blah, right. blah, blah. This is purely just a, the like, inevitable, normal, the inevitable, human normal human. That I think happens. about like my yeah. mother. I know my mother yeah. went through both. I'm sure both my parents, but like, and I think of all the things that have happened to me. Yeah, where I was crying by myself. <laughs> My yeah. mother was not there to hear me yeah. and come and take care of me. And I've, I've totally made our sound engineer cry. But this is exactly, like, this is the worst part of parenting to me. Yeah. This part fucking sucks. Yeah. And I just need to get that out there. And I, this is for veteran moms and new moms and the whole nine yards. And we can, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's totally uncontrollable. And I know it's, like... Not something I can fix mm-hmm. for myself, mm-hmm. besides getting ready for a lot of therapy and heavy drinking. Mm-hmm. But, like, ugh, I'm going to do it again. I know. Ah! I know. You're just making You're just making more of those feelings Making for more of those feelings. No one tells you that that's going to be part of it. Yeah, I And know. it fucking sucks. It totally sucks. Dicks. You, you can't... <laughs> 
It's the same. It's the same as like. It's the same as like. Sometimes when you like think about how much you love your child, yeah. and it like actually hurts. Yeah, like, you're just like I. It's just I can't. I can't even like think about this right now. It's too much. I have shoved Stefan out of the way upon hearing Katie Bell fall down, <laughs> and he is closer to her, and he's trying to help her. I know. And I come running in. And I physically shove him, mm-hmm. which is incredibly unfair to Stefan mm-hmm. and Catherine Bell in any relationship that they could possibly have. Mm-hmm. I actually try and rein myself back as much as possible. But there have been times I have shoved him <laughs> physically <laughs> out of the way. <sighs> um, I had nothing. That's it. Do you do you do <laughs> anything? <laughs> do you do anything to like calm yourself down and well, make yourself I, feel better in those situations? Uh, you know, like I talked about it. So I, I spoke about it out loud to Stefan yes. before we went to bed. I was Good. just like saying, "That's what spouses This are is for. what's going on. Yeah, and it's killing me. Yeah." And he's like, you know, and I, I try and immediately, my brain goes to two directions, then splits twice into deep empath- uh, uh, empathizing with my mother, mm-hmm. uh, his mother, mm-hmm. all mothers everywhere, all parents everywhere. And then the, I'm going to make myself crazy. I'm just going to go sit on my child mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And he was like, but yeah, but that's why you're preparing her. Mm-hmm. That's why you're doing your good mom, and that's why you're doing the work that you're doing and preparing her for when these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "How do you? How am I preparing her? Like, I don't like. I don't. You know, like without turning her into the crazy paranoid person that I am mm-hmm. in my life." And he was like, "No, but just like being calm and certain, mm-hmm. you know, in crisis yeah. and." rationalizing that you know anyway i don't know i still just want to sit on her yeah no i think but i think he's totally right like you are every single day in every like little thing that you do giving her tools to take care of herself i mean that's that's (laughs) yeah but i mean it's it's you're you're helping her become a a self-sufficient person and um so you are doing that and also (laughs) and also you can just make yourself not think about it (laughs) As long as as we just live happily all the time and nothing ever, like, I never, like, see that small, frail child in the small, frail child that is my four-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Like, then I'm totally fine living in a vacuum. Right. You know, and then you look back at your own life and you're like, I cannot believe, you know, my my mama didn't get a call. Like, yeah. But that, you know you, that I was just dead But don't you, but don't you like to imagine also, like, the challenges that, you faced alone like were positive for you in any way like that katie bell if she does if and when she does face something alone that is gonna like serve her in a Mm -hmm. positive way is there no no (laughs) yes i mean yes like i mean i know that like everything i went through has made me who i am yeah which makes me be able to be the friend and the you know wife and the yeah mother and the person to myself and all those things yeah you know and i am stronger for all those experiences in my life Mm -hmm. and uh we'll never we'll always be the first to admit that there were great failures Mm -hmm. mixed in with this Mm -hmm. and i was a total like asshole a lot (laughs) no to a lot of people (laughs) well hopefully i've gone back and apologized to at some point in time and i know that like uh i so yes i know that Mm -hmm. but it does not bring me any great comfort right now yeah Anyway. Okay. Yay! <laughs> Yay, parenthood. Yay, parenthood. Just to, you know, that was totally a 
those were two totally fucked up little rants that I went on. So let's just carry it over to our topic today uh, that I just shared with total strangers, basically. Yep. I just like up and shared a lot of personal parenting stuff. Data. Data. You could say, you could say data or data. data. Data or data. Or data. About your life. About my life. It's out there. Uh, it will be out there forever to haunt my daughter and my unborn son. Heard by millions of Heard people. Heard by millions over the of years. people over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get to our topic today of social media and parenting. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Social media and parenting. Oh, God. How bad? Simon is how old? He's two years and almost three months. Okay, two years and almost three months. In that time, Mm -hmm. how badly have you ruined his life by uh, parenting openly on social media? I think pretty badly. Yeah. I'm not not a worst offender, Mm. but I'm definitely not someone who's been particularly cautious about what I post. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a really good wording for that. I'm particularly cautious, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like, basically, I'm basically like, <laughs> oh my god, I have to post this. It's so cute. <laughs> then I'm like, have I posted too much stuff? And then I'm like, no. I, okay, I'll just post this one thing, and I won't post another thing for like a few weeks, <laughs> right? I gotta feel like it's it- more just like I don't want to annoy people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm like this. I will put, well, I will post a shit ton pictures of cats, uh-huh. and I will post a shit ton pictures of my child. Yeah, eh. yeah. People can people can check it out if they want to check it out. Otherwise, they don't have to. Show's over. I love I love your I love your um cat and kid pictures. Thank you. I love all. The I pictures love yours. You to sum up our discussion for today, yeah. Look at our pictures. Are fucking doubt. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Or we could talk more about it. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah, let's, let's go home. Yeah, let's go home. <laughs> I get pregnant. Future biz and future Teresa want to go home. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about real concerns. Yeah. Okay. Let's do there. Okay. Because there is currently, I feel like uh, there has been a lot of discussion, and not just about parenting and social media, but mm-hmm. in general, a lot of discussion about privacy. I mean, we do have a number of grown adults who still do not seem to catch on that posting pictures of themselves uh, of a sexual nature (laughs) might be seen by other people. Right. Uh, We still have people uh, sharing personal emails, not thinking that those could be tracked. We have people, you know, I mean, like, there's, like, stuff happening everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally unrelated to parenting, <clears throat> where people like society is not caught up with online socialization, yeah. like um, online all. social media, oh in terms of etiquette, in terms of what's okay, what's not okay, yeah. and there is a, a inherent sense of privacy that we all feel is out there for ourselves, mm-hmm. which in reality is really probably not, mm-hmm. unless you make extreme efforts 
And I can, one, speak for myself saying I am not even remotely smart enough to figure out all the steps I need to take. Oh, my God. To make myself private online. I went to law school and passed the bar. And I can't deal with Facebook's privacy settings. Like, I I don't even deal with it. Because I've tried in the past. Yeah. And it's just too annoying well, and complicated. And, and then it changes. And then it changes. Like I had it all figured out and then it changed. And then I just, and it was just too annoying. So I just stopped and I was like. <laughs> That's how the internet, that is how our internet overlords are going to win. I know. Because just by annoying us to death. I know. And it's the same with um, like Instagram, a lot yeah. of, which a lot of people use to post pictures um, of their lives, but yeah. also specifically pictures of their kids. And like I was using Instagram for a while and then there was this whole whole thing about how Instagram like changed their policies and now they like own all the images that you upload on there and they can use that I know but they did this whole thing and it was a whole thing and it totally creeped me out and I was like you know what I don't even need to use Instagram but then a whole bunch of my friends and family still use it for the and I like seeing their the kids on there and then after a few months went by I'm like is this okay now again I, I guess like people are still doing this is this okay so I guess, yeah I guess that's point I guess actually point one is the benefits of social media let's okay. actually just hit those real quick one no one's fucking emailing anymore Facebook and sites like Facebook whatever those are um, are basically in lieu of our our telephones and mm-hmm. emails now. This is how we're sharing information. This is how we're keeping track of our friends. It's very easy. It's mm-hmm. very convenient. Mm-hmm. Instagram. The feature of Instagram that I like the best is I can take a picture, edit it, and email it immediately. Yeah. It's I don't have to like download it to my thing and then yeah. upload it to Shutterfly. And then yeah. I mean I still have to do that because relatives are not Instagram and don't care. <laughs> but the immediate I can place my Facebook, my Twitter, my whatever. Right. Like yeah. it's just all connected. Yeah, that is easy. Yeah, yeah. But it's also it's not just like nobody's emailing anymore. This is a very easy way to do it. Like for me, I'm keeping in touch with people in a way that I just never would yeah. if I, if I wasn't using these right. things. And if I wasn't using these things, I I feel like I would be really missing out. Like yeah, I feel I agree. like it's not it's not just it's not just like oh this is what everybody's doing. It's like this is really cool. I mean like I don't see my cousin's kids yeah. unless I go on Facebook and I get to see my cousin's kids like several times a week. Yeah. And that's it's a really really nice feeling. I agree. Yeah. I just family I mean, it really is nice. Yeah. Um all right, but what are okay, so that aside, yeah. Uh what are concerns about posting Picture, and this is in particular, we want to talk about like uh, parenting, like talking about your parenting style or technique, you know, something that you did mm-hmm. as a mom, you know, and pictures of your kid. Mm-hmm. Because I think the larger question that we're sort of talking about today is like, what is okay and what is not okay in terms of sharing your family life online, mm-hmm. as it were. And I think there's no problem if, or concerns, if you really are good at knowing that your Facebook account, the, the places where you're sharing that are really only going to people who you want to share that with. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I mean? Except for the whole argument of like Facebook having like face recognition software now so that right. it, and they're using that to log data about your child that can be used forever, supposedly. Right. Um, and 
I don't know. I know. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying in like no, I know simple parent land, simple mentality land, and you don't want to think about the Orwellian nature of what's happening online. Well, yeah, it's like you're giving away this information that yes and the people that somebody somewhere is gathering yes so that is concern one yes somebody somewhere is gathering this mm-hmm. and while it doesn't feel very personal because no one's like i'm going to gather teresa's information yeah you are being added into this sort of data data mining process yeah. where it's all in there and one day will yeah correlate back to you on some level totally i mean like just the other day, Jesse was buying underwear for Simon on Gymboree. Yep. And we're sitting at our computers next to each other in our home office. Uh-huh. And he's like, Are these good? And I get up. I don't even, he doesn't send me links. I just get up and go look at the images that of the undies that he's yes. picking out. And we're like, Yeah, those are really cute. Let's get those. He, get, <laughs> he buys like a couple pairs. Right. I come back to my computer. Later that day, after Jesse has made these purchases, my Facebook shows me an ad for kids' boys' briefs from Gymboree. Yes. Because I'm married to Jesse. Yes. Facebook knows that somehow Facebook knows that Jesse made this purchase. Yes. And therefore they figure I'm probably interested in this as well. I mean, that's creepy. It's kind of, it's who cares, but it's kind of creepy. But then when you think about like it being about your child and your child's face that is when it gets really creepy what do you mean creepy or easy because now you've got access to these incredible briefs that true you know now they're they're <clears throat> gearing their advertising to you yeah so there's Which is so great it's such a benefit for my life all right well advertising aside <laughs> i think there's also the re and so so okay one data mining one yeah. you're in the system yeah no getting out of the system. Yeah. No unplugging. Yeah. Too late. And so we and, don't even have to discuss And when that you're anymore. talking about your child, it's doing it without their permission. And it's, so, okay. it's, so that's two. It's yeah. doing it without their because I think for me, my biggest concern or the one that always kind of came up because I used to have a blog that I used to do once Katie Bell was born and we, you know I did it before she was born and then it became something a little bit about her and then there was like one day I would like wrestle with things like she hasn't really given me permission to post any of this stuff about yeah. her. You know, and like, while it's a little bit like you can't get your ears pierced or tattoo without my permission until you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's a little weird to be like, and I can just post whatever the hell I want to about you. And this will exist forever. forever. Yeah. Even if later you ask me to take it down and I take it down, it's there will still, still be there. an archive. It's yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. So that feels like a little kind of a bit of a jerk move. So like I'm concerned about being a jerk mm-hmm. and stripping my kid of like any say so before we go on to the other concerns can i can i talk about this concern specifically yeah because i think that is i think that is a big one i think for both of us it sounds like but um like just giving giving away information about your child or posting information about your child that they have no control over Uh what you're posting and that that could exist forever and then the flip side of that as a mom yeah is or as a parent is one of the themes that we come back to a lot on this show which is like the deep need and important need for having a sense of community and yes. sharing yes and the whole i mean so many of the guests that we've had on our show are bloggers yeah. who have said the reason i started this blog was i felt really isolated yep. really alone 
and I needed to talk. And as soon as I started talking, people were there for me. People were receptive and people were awesome. And I built this community and it's been totally empowering and amazing. And that is huge. I mean, that, and I think it's, I think the same goes for like, I've read, I've read things where people are talking about, you know, posting the pictures of their kids as like, you know, it's understandable because it's coming from a place of documenting these important days of childhood. But for me, if I'm being honest, the reason I'm posting a picture of my kid is because I'm like desperate to share with my friends and family yeah. because I'm desperate to like connect with them and most of them live really far away. Yeah. And they're not there with me seeing my child. So I'm that's how I'm able to bring them into my life. And that is a good feeling for me. Right. And so what about that? Like there's there's I think there's that's... the part that's like I is that's like I need this and this serves me as a parent and right. makes me a better parent. But then there's the other part of it that's like, is that like selfish or something? Because... No, no, I think it's valid. And I think this stems into that again, that same discussion that we've had on other similar topics of you know, feeling bad about sharing and about mm-hmm. about needing that connection versus the fear that something is always out to, to get, get you. you. Because yeah. the opposite side of this is really, I think, the larger... Yeah, I mean, you know, one person, you can always just say, no one wants to see your fucking pictures of your kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, like, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Don't look. I don't want to see pictures of, like, uh, you know, that you're feeling depressed today. It makes yeah. me sad. I, I yeah. skip that post. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that's a side. But the larger, um, I think the people who are out promoting removing your kids and mm-hmm. uh, from the online world. And there's an interesting article that we uh, read and we're going to share uh, that's on Slate.com, uh, I think her name's Amy Webb, on Slate. Uh, she writes this article about kids and social media and that you shouldn't put your kids on any social media. Yeah. But and like, she basically says why <clears throat> she and her husband have decided never to post anything, not even just like an anecdote Not even an child. anecdote. They're never going like, to do it. Right. Nothing about their child. A lot of the concern and a lot of concerns that you hear from other people, and I think, again, we're going to talk a little bit more about her article in just a second, but a lot of things are like... Um, the data mining, uh, that there are predators mm-hmm. out there who mm-hmm. will take advantage mm-hmm. of uh, you putting pictures of your kid online. Mm-hmm. You could track where your pictures are taken. People can find you. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to ruin their chance to get to college. It's going to ruin their, you know, job interviews. One day somebody's going to be like checking out Facebook for the job interviews for her and find her naked in the bathtub when she was two years old and like mm-hmm. whatever. And, uh, oh, boyfriends, girlfriends, mm-hmm. your we'll dating life is ruined. Yeah. Everybody's going to use these things. Basically, you've ruined your kid's life or you've put your kid at great risk mm-hmm. by doing this. And I think that like that's the big argument I see kind of coming up. Like mm-hmm. Those seem to be the big hits. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit like it kind of robs me of that community sense that I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, like, don't get me wrong. There are people out there who post pictures of themselves and their families mm-hmm. just like they would have years ago promoted their promoted these things in other ways yeah. to get some Sending sort of sense of like validation that's not healthy uh-huh, that's sure. not healthy yeah. or productive and it's not coming from a place of, of, of reaching out and needing help and yeah. reaching out and needing help in a totally different way yeah we're not talking about that you know, we're talking about the average mom, the average dad, who just is like, this was us at the pumpkin patch this weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, You know, my response to the whole predator thing 
is I'm not going to live my life in fear Mm -hmm. of that threat, just like I'm going to let my child go out and play by herself Mm -hmm. because I don't think somebody's going to walk up and just take her, Mm -hmm. you know, even though that's what's being sold to me. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Statistically, there's a teeny tiny chance of both yeah. of those things happening. Both of those things happening. Yeah. But that, I'm not going to let that fear control my life as a parent. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, Stefan and I were briefly discussing this last night, and he was like, you know, well, usually people who want to hurt your child are usually people that you wind up knowing or people who are family. You know Wait, what I mean? He said that, or you? Yeah, said he did. That? He oh, was uh-huh. like, he was just saying. We were talking about like he was like, I don't buy. I was asking him what he thought about sharing pictures of kids online. You know, your mm-hmm. kids, are not just any kid, <laughs> your kid. <laughs> and he was like talking about the argument that you know pedophiles are out to get your child or looking for pictures of your <laughs> child on mm-hmm. your Facebook page. And he was like, you know, usually the people who hurt your family are people who know your family Mm -hmm. to which my response was oh then maybe we really shouldn't be sharing (laughs) if you know crazy uncle bob (laughs) i don't know that crazy uncle bob is that crazy Mm -hmm. and yet he has access to all my you know like that's like it's totally different thing you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so so i don't want to let the fear drive me Mm -hmm. from doing that in terms of college and work I call bullshit a little bit. I do call bullshit on that a little bit. I call, I don't, I don't, I do believe that if you are 22. Yeah. And you are applying for a job, you can damn well bet somebody is going to judge you based on what, what you're, you're posting, posting in the last, yeah, even yeah. just in the last two months. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you can't go on and call somebody a skank and you can't go right. on and like post a skanky picture of yourself. Right. And not think... But that represents you. Somebody's right. looking at that. Right. No one gives a shit that no. you are sitting in a pile of shit at age of three. Well, and it's hard. <laughs> it's. I mean, the thing is, I think part of what's part of what scares people is we just don't know how things are going to be in twenty years. <laughs> but like, it's really hard for me to yeah. imagine twenty years down the road, some admissions officer at a college, yeah, looking at somebody's parents' postings of this applicants baby pictures or the mom talking about her sleep habits when the baby was I mean right because this woman you know what I'm saying the article that we read yeah that we'll share about these parents who are basically creating a like an online trust account I think is what they call it yeah where like they pick they pick the name for the baby Based on, based on what usability, what you get. Yeah, what you, you get. So if Google you search for Google for, let's say I want to name my kid Veronica, how many web domain names are available for yeah. Veronica? Has anything ever bad been said about a Veronica? Like, yeah. I mean, all the stuff that I'm just like, eh, it sounds a little bit like you're playing into the whole yeah. the internet thing by yeah. being that specific about maybe not naming your kid yeah. because of domain names. Anyway. They buy all the domain names. They get her a Gmail account. They get, get her, her Facebook, Facebook uh, Instagram, Twitter, all these things. Yeah. <laughs> get her all these accounts. And then they're, they're going to maintain them without anything ever posting on them so that when they think their kid is mature enough, not old enough, they're very specific, mature enough, they're going to say, here's your online identity. And here's your password. Here's your password. Two things. Okay. One, that's like our parents saying to us. I know. Happy 18th birthday. Here's your lifelong subscription to TV Guide. Exactly. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't need that anymore. Or something about, or, or here's a key to a post office box yeah, that we've been saving office. for you that we've never given out the address to. Right. 
Two. I know. It's like, re- like, do the, are these going to be relevant? Well, the thing is, we don't know, but are they going to be relevant? It's so and, and thanks, hard to Mom, imagine for them so my relevant. email name. Just what I'm going to change immediately. My email name. I know. You know like, part of... I think part of a kid's responsibility is figuring out their own online stuff, and you've yeah. just pretty much taken that from that. Okay, right. I, I'm not necessarily 100% disagreeing with this woman uh, either. Yeah, no, she makes a lot of important she points. She makes a lot of important points, and we'll get to <laughs> this in a second. A but really my initial thing. one is just like, yeah. I don't know if this is as big a gift as you yeah. think that's going to be. <laughs> like, that's so, because I believe that Here's there will your be. your record player. <laughs> no. At the same time, I do respect their commitment to not posting anything uh-huh. about their kid. Yeah. That is a hell you I like it's I was hard. like reading the article and I was just like, that is so yeah. much responsibility. It's a lot. Yeah. And you've got to control your friends and family from posting those pictures. That's really hard too. You yeah. gotta be like if you, you know, what if you got a hip grandma who's got well, her iPhone and she's taking pictures and she wants to share it with her swim team. I mean, that class. comes up. I feel like that comes up for all of us anyway. Yeah. Because I'm always trying to like. My mom is so great. Like she she really wants to respect my like wishes about yeah. it, and like give me some control over it. But right. I also don't really know what my rules are. I just feel really uncomfortable with the idea that other people could be posting pictures of Simon yeah. anytime without my permission. Right. But I feel bad also just being like, well, you need to ask me every time to my mom. Yeah. Because I know she's pretty like respectful and thoughtful but like there is a weird with other relatives and other friends and stuff there is kind of a weird thing of just like in a way it would be easier to just say nothing goes up about Simon period period. like you just can't you can you know you can share it amongst like friends and family off social media like I could see you know that would actually be way easier (laughs) I just I guess for me like even if like a cousin posts a picture of Catherine Bell like for any of us I'm a little like I just don't see anybody giving that big of a shit. Well, but the well, thing I for mean, me like, is, like, <laughs> if, if Jesse gets tagged, then right. the whole world sees it because all of his stuff is public. You see, and that's true. And that's, like, you a know. totally different, like, I know. All right. So what are you doing? So let's just jump into what are you doing to try and oh, fuck. I don't uh, know. help yourself. Yeah. Because I can say all I've done is <laughs> very little. <laughs> all I've done is I try and check my privacy settings every once yeah. in a while. I try. I, I believe mm-hmm. that only friends and immediate family mm-hmm. can see my Facebook stuff. Pretty sure there's got to be a switch in there somewhere that takes the the picture tagging off. I just haven't gone and done it. See, I do the opposite. Just on. I know you have more to yeah. say, but I just want to. Yeah. Say, I do the opposite because I assume that everyone can see everything that's posted online. Right. Like I just because I don't trust the privacy right, settings right, and right, I don't right. understand them. Yeah. Um, and they keep changing. So I just assume I don't I don't post anything unless I'm comfortable with anybody in the whole world seeing it. Because I also know that, like I said, any time, even no matter what my privacy settings are, somebody could tag Jesse on a p- right. photo of Simon anytime and then. It's then it goes yeah. to whoever. And um, and I just I, I'm totally cool with that. It's just that's my thought process before I post something. I just go like, OK, am I all right with like the whole world seeing this? Right. And then I so for that reason, I don't post naked pictures of my kid. So that's another thing you have to do. You got to get your partner. Right. Involved. Right. And then I think we've just kind of slowed down, too. As Catherine Bell's gotten older, uh-huh. we've sort of slowed down. You kind of don't down. care about her anymore. Yeah, I don't need I don't need the world to see how amazing. <laughs> she only needs one 
photo to show the world how amazing she is as opposed to 30 photos. <laughs> Plus, I have a one-eyed cat named Onion. He's really taking precedence mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's a lot cooler than, than the princess shit that we're having right now. But, but I do think it's just, you know... People just need to start being to think it out. I guess that's. Uh, what but I'm it's fucking... unfair though because we're thinking it out and we don't know. It still, what it the still goes faster. Is. It still yeah. goes faster like, than we can think. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't want. I. I don't want honestly, radio silence. Yeah, I don't want to like cut myself off from this. I yeah. feel like it's a really enjoyable thing most of the time, and I would really feel like I was missing out. Yes, but. I still have that like weird feeling about it. Because again, because we haven't caught up with how to Yeah. We haven't caught up with ourselves. Yeah. The we haven't caught up as a society on how to respect privacy. Mm-hmm. We haven't and set those up clearly and established them. We haven't caught up with our own naivety that that ever these are all really good things for us. Yeah. In the sense of like, this is moneymaker. Facebook is a moneymaker for somebody. Yeah. They are not <laughs> It's not there. It's to not benefit a us. service. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's there to sell us yeah. tiny underpants. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's not yeah. those things. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I come from a long line of Luddites. <laughs> no one is on Facebook. My sister writes letters. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't. She's not making a big statement against technology. It's just what she prefers. Uh-huh. But I'm like, the only thing that I can guarantee you is private. So when you lick that envelope yeah. and stick that stamp on it. I think so. No, that's private. You can't even, you're not even allowed to go into somebody else's mailbox. It's a federal offense to even open somebody else's mailbox. Yeah. That is, that is, a, that is law. Okay. Internet? Nope. Not much. Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. So I guess we should just continue. I think we sum up with, let's continue to live in a state of bliss that Everything is however we think it is. <laughs> I'm Jesse Thorne. Every week, Bullseye features in-depth conversations with the creators of culture, the people who make the best music, films, television, books, whatever. You'll gain new insight into all-time greats like Dolly Parton, Judd Apatow, and Lily Tomlin, and you'll hear from up-and-comers you'd never have known about otherwise. It's a show about finding the good stuff in popular culture, the stuff that changes lives. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Go! Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Short and sweet, I bought a, uh, like, oopsie sheet for my mattress. Um, because we have a relatively new mattress that we love, <laughs> and I realized my water could break and or a child could pee. So I bought one of those little, you know, 
Nice. Mattress pads that protects your mattress. And now I can rest comfortably. (laughs) Future Teresa is thinking back to past Teresa saying, it didn't help. (laughs) Everything's ruined. Um, That's genius. Way to take your pregnancy by by the balls. All right. My genius is the house we moved into that to our listeners probably sounds like we've been moving into this house for fucking eight years. Mm-hmm. Had these really ugly fucking sconces on the wall in the bedroom that was going to be my daughter's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took them off the wall. You know, there are already these pre-cut holes in the wall, and I didn't want to deal with trying to find something specific for that. Mm-hmm. So I just spray painted them pink. And cool. they look great. Awesome. And I put them back up on the wall. Probably shouldn't have been spray painting pregnant, but eh. baby smarter. It's not like you're spray painting every day of your pregnancy. No. And when I felt dizzy, I stopped. <laughs> so two genius moments. Good job. Yep. Um, last night at 10 p.m., we had to take our baby into the ER because he had a fever of like 104 degrees which was awful. And of course we didn't get into the exam room till like midnight. And um, the nurse was like, oh, we're gonna have to um, rule out that he doesn't have a a urinary tract infection. Um, Can you get him to pee into this cup? Is he potty trained? I was like, no, he's like 15 months. He's definitely not potty trained. She said, well, unless you can get him to pee in this cup, we're gonna have to put a catheter on him. So, you know, good luck. And then she left and, um, so I was kind of lying with him on the hospital bed, and he's half asleep, and we took his diaper off him, and I kind of tried to position the cup and distract him with TV, and then we gave him some water to drink, and he peed, and I caught it in the cup, and it was ridiculously exciting. <laughs> then, you know, she came back in, and she didn't have to catheterize him, which is the last thing you need at midnight with a baby with 104-degree fever. So, um, yeah, so that was awesome, and he didn't have UTI, and, of course, at, like, 2 in the morning, they just said, oh, he's, he's just got a virus. Just go home and give him Tylenol, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. I, that is such a joyous genius yeah, moment. That that's is such, amazing. Really good job, Mom. Yeah. Because that's just, like, everything how did about you, that was awful. How did you – yeah, that's amazing. So I that pressure of, like, my coat is stuck, and you're going to yeah. put a tube of his penis on bread, like, yeah. all this stuff, and you're just like, please pee in the cup. Yeah. And he pees in the cup. And like you said, of course – it's just a fucking virus and there's some fucking time yeah. out if I could hate hospitals. But, but, like, but how much worse would that news oh, have been after they catheterized your oh, baby? Like I would have been nurse punching. Yeah. No offense to nurses. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. That is genius. Total genius. Fail me, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> fail, 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 fail. You suck. Simon is really into throwing little toys everywhere and making messes. And I, I was doing really great. Ugh. I was doing really great over the weekend at like every time he would just like dump something out on the floor, just staying like super calm and being like, yeah, okay. So you dumped it out. And, you know, so that means, you know, if you're, if you're going to play with it there, great. If not, you know, we need to clean this up and like right. working with him to like make sure if he follows through and cleaning it up. And it's very, it's very stressful yes. for me every time. But Ugh. like, I was just totally holding it together like all weekend long like it really could you know okay this is happening again it's happening again and then it was just like the last thing on the like Sunday night like before his bath like we had totally cleaned up all of those little messes right. around the house and he walks into the kitchen 
and picks up a box of crayons that was still <sighs> sitting on his uh, little table and just and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he just dumps it everywhere. And I just screamed. Like I completely lost it. Like all of that, all of that, like amazing, calm, patient. We're gonna do these. We're gonna do this one at a time. Stuff like it. It had been building apparently in me, and so like I think I just undid everything by like completely flipping out at him just simply pouring out a box of crayons. I am so sorry. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, I picked Katie Bell up from school. I did not take Katie Bell to school on Friday. Uh, Stefan did. So I go to pick her up from school that day, and we're in the car, and she just, like, casually remarks that her dress kept getting caught in her bum all day. And I was like, well, are you wearing underpants? And she's like, no. And I was like, what do you mean, no? I'm like, we're driving. I'm, like, trying to be that, like, you know, what do you mean, no? I didn't wear underpants all day. And I'm like, you're pulling my leg. Yeah. You left the house without underpants? Yep. And no one at school noticed you didn't have underpants on all day? Nope. You didn't want to put on a pair of underpants at school. You have extra underpants in your bed. <laughs> She's like, nope. And I was like, you are full. So you're going to tell me that when I get home, if I'm going to find that you're not wearing underpants. Yes. I mean, I buckled her into that car. You know, she had like a long dress. She had a dress on. And that was the other thing. She just had a dress on. Right. So I right? know that it was. So, like, I get over, we get home, and that child has no underpants on. And no one has noticed. If she did any jungle gym time, somebody yeah. had to have noticed. Yeah. But like, the fact that we all just, <laughs> she was just like, just so pleased with herself. Yeah. But I was just like, I sent my kid to school without <laughs> underpants. It's kind of everybody's fail. That's that day. kind of amazing. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> Saturday morning, we're going through what I call a muddy walk when I get my four year old to put on her rain boots and we go on a nature trail and it's so beautiful up here in New England. We have the red leaves and the golden leaves and we're just really enjoying nature. The dogs are running on the trail. It's very picturesque until the dogs run into a dead deer. My four-year-old starts screaming hysterically. The dogs are ecstatic and they're trying to lunge at the dead deer. So I'm trying to round them up and escort her out of the woods. (laughs) Our very serene morning is totally crumbled. And even though I gave her the circle of life talk and how, you know, animals sometimes have to eat other animals, blah, 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 she has been bombarding me with conspiracy theories ever since. So there's one for the fail. Thanks so much, ladies. Love the show. Bye-bye. Oh, dad, dear. Yeah, that sucks. I really, really like the exhausted, like, every parent could relate. I gave her the circle of life talk. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. I'm sorry, Mom. That sucks. It's your fault that deer was out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you. Teresa, yes. I think it is time to call. Can we call a mom? Yes, let's call a mom. Thank God. <laughs> it's 
totally time to call a mom. I uh, had a feeling I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> We've done the show before. <laughs> Today, we are going to call uh, Kelly Hampton of the blog Enjoying the Small Things and author of Bloom, a memoir about celebrating the beauty found in the everyday and her journey over the first year in the life of her daughter, Nella, who has Down syndrome. And welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, we are very happy to have you here. Uh, we actually uh, came upon you uh, via several of our listeners re- really turned us on to you and suggested that we reach out to you to have you on the show, which um, we always appreciate when our listeners hook us up with great people. And Teresa and I both were very moved. We both bawled our we eyes out. We both bawled our eyes out, <laughs> reading basically. Your <laughs> reading your blog. Like the, if you're, if you're new to the blog, read the story first blog post, and we're going to link everybody to that. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit and ask you what we ask all of our guests. Who lives in your house? We have uh, a lot of people in our home. <laughs> I have my husband, Brett, um, my two stepsons, Austin and Brandon. Um, and they're the uh, oldest one is 19, Austin is, and Brandon's still in high school. Wow. And our three children, Lainey, who is six, and Nella, who's almost four, and Dash, who is eight months, and a couple dogs. You wow. have got a full house. We have a full house. That's awesome. That, that is, Audrey's just like, that's awesome. I'm like, that is mind-numbing. I've <laughs> <laughs> got so many friends that have a, more kids than that, so we're, this is a nice, happy medium. Uh, wow. A lot of helping hands. I, I, my entire line of questioning is about to totally shift. <laughs> like, ah. um, so the blog, Enjoying the Small Things, you started that uh, at the, after the birth of your first daughter, sort of, if I understand correctly, sort of as a way to connect, uh, share stories, and to sort of uh, a place to focus your, um, focus is the wrong word, uh, your photography, just sort of as a creative outlet yes. all around. Yes, 2007. Yes, 2007. So, and then you got pregnant with your second child. And one of the things that Teresa and I both took away from the like the initial reading of the blog was you seem to have really planned on documenting for the, you know, for the blog possibly uh, this second birth, which was awesome. But like, did you, I mean, was that like a plan? Was that like part of your the process of, you know, leading up to the birth of your second child that you knew you were going to document it, you looked good. Uh, <laughs> you looked really good. Um, there were choices were made. You looked so good. Um, the, uh, you know, you had friends there. There was a lot of photography. It was very much I think much you ex- said you had two photographers yeah. and ended up with, like, over 2,000 images of the birth, we which had, is amazing. Yeah. And... Uh, a lot of my friends are photographers, so these are my okay. two closest friends yeah. that okay. happen to come in and, and photograph it. And at the time, though, this wasn't, you know, it wasn't for the blog. My blog was very little at that time. I had a very, very small membership. It was family and, you know, a, a few, quote, strangers that popped in. So right. um, the the blog readership now is completely different. It, that came about after Noah's story. But, um, yeah, I had plans on, you know, photographing everything, had these two friends in the room and, um all these, you know, all these expectations of what it would be like, of course, and, and comparing it to my first birth, which yeah, was did beautiful. You, did you do that thing. with your first birth? Did you document as much with the first birth or was the first birth? Um, I mean, like, what yes, was the... I did. Okay. I did. I had the same two girls that were, um, I didn't have the blog at that time. 
But I had the same two girls that were in my second, uh, in, in Nellow's birth. They were also there for, actually one of them was, one of them was in Michigan, but was still there. And I have the same amount of pictures of the firstborn. Um, I just wasn't blogging at that point. So photography has always been a big, big part of my life. And especially after, after kids, I kind of went insane with the whole, you know, <laughs> mo- mommy paparazzi thing. <laughs> so, but, yeah. What were the expectations? So the after the first birth, going into the second birth, what were your expectations? I mean, you knew you were going to document it, but what were your expectations outside of that? You know, my I remember after my first birth, um, the nurse that that delivered her, she actually told me she became a very good friend afterwards, and she told me just so you know what you just experienced, that is rare. That absolute, you know, angels part, clouds parting, angels singing. It was beautiful. It was perfect and. And I got to hold her right away, and um, there were no worries. And it was, I just, of course, figured that that would be the same thing. We had a lot of visitors that came up right away. And I remember that first night was just, you know, like out of a movie, you know, watching and just baby being passed around and, you know, my husband and I in tears. And, of course, I just expected that would happen again. And I, I second time around, I had dreamed of this meeting that my, you know, my firstborn would have with her little sister and what that would look like and um, just built this whole expectation around perfection, perfection, perfection. And then, and yeah, and then, and then, <laughs> what how does that work out with that? Because Teresa and I are both about to give birth to our second children in the next, uh, Teresa, in the next two weeks. Oh, yeah, I'm doing but, I mean, oh, we, we are, we're, we're pre-recorded, yeah, weeks. and I'm, I got six weeks left. Um, and I know that we wrestle with the, like, expectation thing all the time. Sure. I mean, so, like, you have this expectation, and then what happened? You know, I think a lot of it was just, I was naive, and I now knowing what I know now in the last, Three and a half years, I look back and I think, well, it absolutely was perfect the way it turned out. I was just naive uh, of all the, the different, you know, possibilities that can happen. And I hate to say what could go wrong because it's not something that went wrong, but um, I just confidently went in thinking, never even thought. I think a lot of women I've, I've heard when they're pregnant, they have, you know, they're nervous. What if something went wrong? I, I didn't even think that. It wasn't even in the back of my mind that there was a possibility that this child that I had expected you know, with a 10 APGAR score and everything <laughs> fine was, you know, I had, I didn't even think that that might not be the case. And so what, what happened and, and the birth story and the blog and the book both described this was she was born and they handed her to me and it was extremely quick birth. And I knew immediately when they put her in my arms, I seen her eyes, I knew she had Down syndrome and Everybody else, you know, everyone else thought it was fine, and they kept telling me, you know, stop. I, I kept asking, is there something you're not telling me? Is there something wrong? I didn't actually say Down syndrome, but and everyone kept telling me, you know, everything's fine, everything's fine, and um, but I knew, and I kind of went into this numb, there's, you know, pictures of it where I'm just, I was just in, like in a black hole, and then they eventually came in and told me about an hour later, and I described this whole, I hate to say disappointment, but I'm pretty honest about my feelings back then. And there were some things that I'm, you know, not real happy that I felt, but I was, I was disappointed. I was, um, so, so sad. I, uh, just, it it was grieving the loss of a child for nine months. You, you picture what they're going to look like. You picture that moment. And I felt like I was holding somebody else's baby and I just kept 
thinking this baby that I dreamed of is gone. And, um, and then of course went into, I I described that night, just this sort of seven hours straight crying and, and wanting to run away. And, you know, and I look back now and I think it was so, so silly, but it was something I had to go through. And I think a lot of that, the whole experience, the birth story and, and the book deals more with me and my expectations and, changing my perspective more than Down syndrome itself. Down syndrome honestly has been at this point, I know um, as Nella grows, we're going to face more challenges and there are many different stories of Down syndrome and and different um, things that can happen. We didn't have any of the heart problems. We didn't have a lot of the health issues that a lot of moms face in the beginning. So for us, this journey so far has been, um, you know, pretty much what I had imagined it would be had she not had Down syndrome. But of course I couldn't grasp that when I was, um, when that was handed to me and going through that grief in the beginning. Um, but it definitely was, it, it was more my own just realizing all these different things that I had expected, not just about our children, but about life in general and sort of tearing down this white ticket fence image that we all have for our families and for our kids and really grasping it. And three years down the road, I'm still grasping it. I'm still constantly challenging myself and thinking, God, where do these expectations come from and why do we feel this way? And how can we change that? And it's, it's been a really awesome learning process for me internally. Well, I was going to say, I think, you know, when Teresa and I at the beginning of the shows, you know, at the beginning of our call said it was, you know, both of us read it, we're bawling our eyes out. It, it was that honesty. And I think that's what, to me, is the key takeaway from that particular blog story. And, of course, the blog is full of a million other things to talk about and mm-hmm. focus on, but... But I think for our listeners who are getting to know you, it was, you know, as moms in particular, it's pretty hard to feel comfortable being honest about anything that is not Mm. my child is perfect and I am perfect and my life is perfect. And the moment you start saying that any of it is not is the moment you're doing a horrible job. And Mm -hmm. to hear you state very clearly my expectation was you know, this ideal of perfection Mm -hmm. and to say that you're disappointed is what got me because I was like, that is the most honest thing I have read in forever. And I want our listeners to hear that honesty because I think that, I think Teresa thinks we all think that that is super key in being a parent. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think just to add on to that, like, I think another important part of it is like the way that you so gracefully like are able to just um be accepting of your own feelings about it and because it's it it, you're completely right if you hadn't had that sort of grieving period you would never you wouldn't be able to be the present loving mom that you obviously are and I think so many of us can really um, learn from that and it's it's just such a good thing to like demonstrate like hey like this this was hard and I wasn't proud of it but like I'm forgiving myself for that because it needed to happen and you know there's nothing really wrong has, with it yeah it has nothing to do with your kid right yeah <laughs> like, no, that's the big thing I, yeah. I found this more with every issue in life whether it's being a parent whether it's being a friend whether it's uh, issues as a woman Every self-help book I've read, every Oprah show, every everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. all goes back to the truth of you cannot 
shove things under the rug and, and pretend that they don't exist. You've got to rip yourself open and deal with this and say, this is who I am. I'm dealing with it. I'm sorry. For me to truly fall in love with my daughter, which I have, I, you know, go ahead and, 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 and book me for another four hours to talk. I to know. Them. I know. We <laughs> need to do that. Yeah. But for me to truly fall in love with her and accept her and accept myself to, to love myself in a way that that's forgiving and, and to be able to be, you know, the, the mother that I need to be had to begin with saying, this is the way I felt and I'm not proud of it, but I, love myself to know that I'm human and this happened. And once I got that out, it was, it was the most freeing thing to write that and walk out of the room and say, okay, I did it. I wrote that I wanted to run away. Okay. You know, and yes, I, you know, receive hate mail every once in a while that I, you, you know, I can't believe you disgusting mother say that to your child. But to me, for my child, I will always tell her, you are, you are my love story. You came into my life and you showed me what it was to love. And I didn't feel that at first, but then I fell in love with you. So I, um, I could not be where I am today had I not admitted to myself and in writing and, you know, thrown it out there that that was my initial feeling. Yeah, no, I, it, it's just great. Now, uh, I want to wrap up with one last question and that is just, um, a little separate from this. And so you've got, you had another child. How is it having a house of five uh, with one of those children having, you know, special needs and finding the right balance? And we've talked about, we've had other guests on the show who whose kids have special needs, and we joke about, like, you know, <laughs> when you're in it, you know, when, you're in it, when it's your life, you know, is it really that much harder than anybody else's life, given that it's all you right, know? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like maybe we joke all the time, if your kid's a biter, life is probably, you know, you might be worse. Right, right, might yeah. be worse. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. that said, uh, again, I, I know on such a small scale, my concerns about having a second child and like loving them equally and making sure that everybody still feels connected and loved and not, you know, discounted or whatever. I feel like that would be ratcheted up a little bit when you have a child that definitely does need a- a- extra care. How how do you feel? How do you find the balance? You know, and I, I'm, I'm careful not to represent the entire community only because I know right. that there are stories out there where women are really struggling and, and constant hospital visits, and I want them to get the help and the support they, they need. With that said, um, you just get creative, and it's always, I think we underestimate ourselves as parents. I always, you know, I go back to that all will be well. Whatever, when I look ahead and I start getting intimidated and I think, oh, God, that's going to be really, really hard. When you're in it, you you realize, like, oh, my God, I'm I'm pedaling this bike. I don't even know how I'm doing it. You just wake up and you do it every day. <laughs> um, we've got, we have more. I, I love, Nella's kind of sandwiched in the middle, so I love that she's got an older sister who's constantly showing her and helping her, especially for, for right now, our greatest challenges are just those little milestone delays and getting her to speak and doing some therapy. And um, she's got it on both ends. And then she's got this little brother that's coming up, and he's just going to push her along. And so she's she's got support on on both sides, and she's got older stepbrothers that are that are there for her. So to me, I think it's just this incredible support system for her. But we get creative too, you know. When with a with a lot going on, we're busy. Um, therapy and, and teaching her how to read doesn't always look like sitting on the floor with flashcards for an hour. And I think in the beginning, 
that was scary to me, thinking like, oh my God, okay, so we're gonna, this is going to be so hard. We're just going to have to dedicate so much time. You just invent new ways. We do it in the car when we're driving at a stoplight. You lean back and you point out a word and you point out a sign and you don't even realize you're doing it. And to me, that's almost more important mm-hmm. learning strategies than the ones that you're sitting down on the floor. Um, so you just, you do it without even knowing you're doing it. And I think that every mother, we all have it in us. And whether it's regarding special needs, whether it's regarding, you know, bringing in another sibling, you have what it takes. You just don't know it yet. All right. One last question. Third kid. Did you have all the cameras? Did you do the whole baby paparazzi? Did you look as good? We we <laughs> had the baby paparazzi, but, you know, we did it at a different hospital, and it was this completely different energy and in a really good way, and we sort of knew it was the last baby. So, um, you know what? I, I probably have 2,000 pictures. Uh, so, <laughs> it, so you, you have to, with kids nowadays, you realize you have to take, like, 50 to get one picture yeah, of them, actually. So not with drool hanging off. But, <laughs> um, so, yes, lots and lots of memories preserved. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. This was awesome. And we really probably should have you back to pump you for more information. But we wanted our guests to get to know you. And uh, the blog, again, is Enjoying the Small Things. The book is Bloom. We'll link to all those things uh, when the show comes out. And... Thank you so much. And yeah, you're doing an you. amazing job. Yeah, you oh, are. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. shade is the art of deserved public disrespect and no one does it better than brian and i on our podcast throwing shade every week we take off our pants and tell the people who are the enemies of ladies and gays where they can shove it they can shove it up their butts that was implied check out throwing shade on the maximum fun network i hate giving you compliments but that was actually really good i know i practiced like real hard now you're bragging oh my lord yeah that's so awesome. Yeah. She's and, really cool. Yeah. People should read the birth story. Oh, my God. It's, it's, uh, it's totally. It will put some perspective onto the whole parent honesty thing, mm-hmm. which is really key. Yep. Um, and, uh, and plus the blog itself is just really nice and inspiring and, and mm-hmm. you know. Pretty she, pictures. Pretty Very pretty <laughs> pictures. Very pretty pictures. Let's jump right on into, as always, we feel so good. Yeah, let's bring it back down. Let's let's stop feeling good immediately. (laughs) Speaking of honesty. Hi, I've got a mom rant. Um, My youngest child is 10. My ex-husband came to pick them up and looked at me and said, that shirt's looking really tight, and then started laughing. And I was just thinking he was being a jerk because, you know, he is that would be part of why he you know we're divorced and then he texts me saying so is it an optical illusion or are you pregnant don't worry i won't tell anyone if you are i just ask because you're not normally that robust and i'm like seriously that's the rudest thing i've ever heard don't ask your ex-wife if she's pregnant don't ask anyone if they're pregnant and he's like wow thought i was being nice seriously go shoot yourself in the head (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty more rants about him, but that's the worst for right now, (laughs) this week.
I love how she's like, I thought he was just being a jerk, but then he just became even more, more of, of a jerk. jerk. Like, I was like, I thought it, I thought she was going to come around and say, and it turned out I mean, something. I get paid for her to be but, pregnant, to be yeah, perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, which would still make yeah. him a jerk for He's catching still a jerk. It. He's still a jerk. Yeah. But uh, I just... We will take any and all rants. <laughs> we support all yeah, the ranting. Yeah. And again, less said we can write, we can do a whole book. Yeah. That's four pages long. It'll be like, it's like the happiest baby on the block. And it's like two points, but we're going to make it for 60 pages. Yeah, we are. going to make like seven chapters yeah. out of it. Yeah. Stop mentioning. Don't ever talk about. Don't eat. Unless don't. you know for a fact. Yeah. And, you know, ex-husbands. Dude. Really. Yeah. Pay Come attention. On. Come on. Come on, there's a there's a good sense. There's a good there's a good chance you and your ex. And this is, goes to ex wives, ex husbands, ex whoever. Probably never shared the same sense of humor you did. <laughs> <laughs> so no no joking, no joking. All right, what did we learn? We learned that, that we never want to let our children go. We never want to let our children go, and it's very easy to make our sound engineer cry. Uh, <laughs> uh, we learned. As a, as, as a way to never let your child go ruin their life and identity online. Yeah, because then they won't have any opportunities in life and they'll just have to stay home with you. That's right. Good. Yeah. Done. Also, we learned that, and I think actually the biggest takeaway of today's show mm-hmm. is the honesty factor. Yeah. Is of all the things to not feel like shit about, do not feel like shit about being honest. And I... I I, I really hope that what comes across in this show and with a lot of our guests that we have on the show, we try and introduce you to, and that you introduce to us, is this general sense that your honesty about how you feel and what you're going through has nothing to do with your kid. Mm-hmm. It is separate. Yeah. My child is fucking perfect. <laughs> And I love her, and I would shove my own damn husband out of the way <laughs> to help her. That has nothing to do with me feeling guilty, with me feeling judgy, with me feeling bad, with me feeling tired, with me feeling like I don't have the patience to deal with a child or any of those kind of things. It's not, it has nothing to do with her. That is me. And it is okay to be honest about that and not feel bad about that. So, so moms and dads, give yourself the break. Allow yourself to be honest. Friends of moms and dads. Help them realize that it has nothing to do with they're not being bad about their kid. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to vent. And it allows you to be a better person and a better parent and a better friend and a better everything. Um, sometimes it's not about all the other things. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just about you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh, wait. No, <laughs> Teresa, you're doing a great job. Thank you. So are you, It is Biz. all about you. It's all about you. Uh, bye, guys. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. 
One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.